Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gents, and welcome to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Investing Podcast. Now, in this episode, I'm going to share with you the details of a meeting that I had earlier this week, which was concerning a property that I actually set up. I set this transaction up six years ago. Here's the thing. (laughs) It's really interesting. It's really interesting. I hear all the time from novice investors and skeptics that no money down investing, no money left in investing, using OPM, other people's money, is impossible. But it's not. (laughs) If you know what you're doing, it's really easy to acquire properties. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you how I have acquired a quarter of a million pound property, just over a quarter of a million pound property actually, using none of my own money. So let me take you back six years. I was approached by a woman who had the right to buy her property. It's a two bedroom, first story apartment down in London. She had negotiated or been given a huge discount on this property. It was available to her for £120,000. She'd been trying to get a mortgage for about a year, but she worked for the NHS. I don't think she had fantastic credit. And she said, look, I need a bit more time. How can you help? So I sat down and I have talked about this transaction on the podcast previously, but it was quite a long time ago. Looked at the the rules of the right to buy scheme and she was allowed to buy the property it had to be her buying it she couldn't buy it with me she couldn't buy it and then sell an option to me any kind of disposal within five years counted as her disposing of the asset which makes complete sense doesn't it they didn't want to give her the discount and then her flip it on and make all that discount. She had over a 50% discount on that property. And so what we did, and I looked at the rules is, I worked out that I could become the mortgage lender. So I could lend her the 120,000 pounds. She could buy the property. If she disposed of the property within five years, there's there's a clawback period. If she disposed of it in the first year, she'd have to pay back 100% of the discount. And if she disposed of it in the second year, 80% and in the third year 60% etc so it really for her to keep the entire discount she had to have the property for five years but we didn't want to necessarily leave our money in so the 120k plus um, some fees for the five years so what we did is we structured it on a really high interest rate it was actually four percent per month really really high interest rate because what we said was that you can have it for one year you can have the money for one year but you need to refinance during that year and we worked it all out for her so long as she could get a 75 percent mortgage we made a decent return and those of you that watched the episode or listened to the episode before rather you'll remember that I didn't actually put 120 grand into this deal. What I did is I went and found an investor who had 120 grand that was interested in a really good rate of return. And I explained the transaction. I explained that after the first year, if she hadn't refinanced, then the plan was to repossess her. And we had a, we actually didn't have a first charge on the property. We had a second charge on the property because the council took the first charge. It was really funny. They have a list of lenders 
And if you're on the list of lenders and there's like NatWest and HSBC, et cetera, then you can take the first charge and they'll have the second charge. But if you're not on their list, they take the first charge and you have the second charge, which is what we did. So we had our second charge behind the council for numerous reasons. One, the tenants stopped communicating with us. Secondly, we were busy, et cetera. We didn't repossess. We tried really hard to negotiate with her, tried really hard to help her. But in the end, it got to the end of the five years. And of course, every year that went by, we knew that when we repossessed, the amount that we would be able to retain from repossessing the property would increase because there'd be 20% of the discount. So almost at the end of every year, it, it became a, well, you know, one more year's passed. So when we repossess now, the council's not going to keep 80%, they're only going to keep 60%. So we've got a bit more of the discount. And it went on and it went on until we got to the end of the five years. And so now the entire property is ours if we uh, repossess. And, and that's what we ended up doing because by this point, the 4% was huge. 4% a month compounded was, was obviously huge. So we took a massive hit. We obviously didn't earn that because there wasn't that much money in the property. I think that came to about £400,000 or something. We reckon the property's worth about two fifty, maybe slightly more at the moment. So we repossessed the property and took it into our company. Now, the way some of you might be wondering, well, how do you do this? How do you take money off the finance investor? So the deal was I would do all the work and the finance investor would just put the money in. So that's what happened. The finance investor put their money in. We negotiated with the uh, with the purchaser, which is quite an unusual one. We negotiated with the purchaser. And then we oversaw the repossession, worked with the lawyers to repossess the property. Interesting thing is that the legal advice we were given is that there's no stamp duty on a repossession. We didn't pay stamp duty on our lawyer's advice, which was interesting and uh, a nice bonus. Bearing in mind, this is a quarter of a million pound property. So stamp would have been quite high as an investment with the 3%. And what we did is we incorporated a company. The investor became a shareholder and put his 120K in. We were shareholders and that was how we protected this whole um, transaction and made sure it was a well-structured JV. And now that limited company owns the property. So I had the meeting with our JV partner two days ago. I thought I would just outline the options for you on this podcast because it's really interesting. So the situation as it stands is we've got a tenant paying around a thousand pounds just under a thousand pounds so it's not a great cash flow property i often hear people talk about yield or return on equity and a whole bunch of other measurements but for years now i've just worked off return on cash invested because if your cash is consistently earning you 50 to 100% year-on-year return, all the way up to infinity, you're going to be really wealthy. (laughs) Even if you only have a quid to your name, it really, really compounds quickly at anything above 50% return. Because if you've got 10 grand, you double your money every year to two years, and then you've got 20 grand and then you got 40 grand and then you got 80 grand and then you got 160 and it really gets big really quick and obviously at 100 percent or higher it gets quicker even quicker so in this transaction we have taken out and when i say we it's my my ex-wife and i we've taken 250 pounds a month out of this property every single month for six years that's three thousand pounds a year that's eighteen thousand pounds so about eighteen thousand pounds out of it already none of my own money in. The other investors had £18,000 as well. Not a fantastic return on investment for their 120 grand, but 
Still better than having it in the bank at 0.1% for the last five years. Admittedly, interest rates have now gone up. But what they've done is they've got themselves this big chunk of equity. So it owes them 120, but it's worth, let's say, 250. So there's 130,000 pounds worth of equity in this property. And we sat down with the investor and basically said, what would you like to do? And we've got three options. So if we sell the property for, let's say, 250 after costs. There's £130,000 profit. The investor gets his 120. He's already had his 18 grand and we would each get 65K. So I've made £65,000 plus 18. So what's that? £70,000, £82,000 for putting none of my own money in. That's an infinite return on investment, which means I could do one of these deals every day of the week and never run out of funds. And that's what I'm talking about. If you do enough of these deals, your net worth grows. My net worth there has grown by £82,000 and it hasn't cost me anything to do this deal. I'm only constrained by the number of these deals I can find. And so that's option one. I make £82,000. Option two, and you can work out the the flip side for the investor. They put 120 grand in, they're getting 203000 back six years later. Not bad. What's that? An 85, 90% return on investment over six years. It's better than having it in the bank for sure. That's option one, selling the property. Option two is we keep the property. So we've just applied for a mortgage. We've got a decision in principle where they're going to lend 180,000 pounds. So they're happy to lend 180. The reason being they valued it slightly higher than our 250. We think we could sell it for 250, but I think they valued it at 275, something like that. And the reason we're working off 250 is because they were quite cautious, but B, it's got a tenant in it. So if we put it into auction, you're only really attractive to investors, etc. So they're happy to lend us 180K. And what we could do is we could pay the investor back 120. There's 60K left over. We take 30 out. The investor takes 30. So he's had 18,000 pounds. Now he gets another 30, but he's got all his money back now. So you can work out his return. But now he's got 70,000 pound equity in the property. Plus after it's been refinanced, it's going to make about 200 quid a month. So he's going to get 100 pounds a month which of course is an infinite investment because his return, he's now got all his money back. He can redeploy those funds and that's an infinite return on on his money now, albeit only £100 a month. But of course, you have to remember the property going up in value as well. So he's got capital appreciation over time in London, etc. From our perspective, if we hang on to this, we've had £18,000 over six years for just a bit of work at the start and a little bit of work in the repossession. But also, we're now getting £30,000. Brilliant, that's free cash. So that's £48,000 and we're still keeping the property. So we're still getting £100 a month for the property, which is absolutely fantastic. So that's if we keep it. And the third option is if the investor decides he'd like his money out, but we decide we want to keep the property because what we could do is refinance it in the company because we're all shareholders. He could come off the company. He could, we could refinance, get the 180K and give all of it to him. So he gets his 120 grand back. He's already had his 18. If it's worth 250, he's owed an additional 65,000 pounds. The first 120 would go to pay the investor, but the property's worth 250. 
So that's £130,000 equity. Of that, half is his. So £65,000 is his, half of 130. Add that to the 120, and he needs £185,000 to buy him out. But the refinance is 180. So we could give him that 180. That's 120 repayment of the loan, 60 of his equity, and then we would have to put 5K in. But we've made 18 over the last six years anyway. So we just take 5K of that and give it to him. So now we've had 13,000 pounds out of this property. We're going to make all of the 200 a month moving forwards because he's not taken a, a, a slice because he's now bought out. And we've got 70,000 pound equity in the property because it's still worth 250 and we've got a mortgage of 180 on it. And there, guys, are three ways that we can exit this deal whilst making a shed load of money. In all three instances, we make decent money or decent equity and have a property and we've put none of our own money in. And in that final example, we've got a quarter of a million pound property that's bringing in a grand a month, albeit only 200 quid profit after costs, using none of our own money. And if the last 100 years are anything to go by, that property will be worth half a million in 10 years and a million quid or there or thereabouts in 20 years time, maybe 30 years if we we're unlucky with the property cycles from literally a few hours work split out over six years, probably done a week's work, probably done 40 hours work in total spread out over six years to acquire a quarter of a million pound property using none of my own money. I think that's worth it. Oh, and 13,000 pounds or 18,000 pounds, depending on whether I give that to the the investor and 30,000 pounds if we refinance now or 82,000 pounds if we sell now. And that is all because when this lady that wanted to buy this property didn't know how to do it, no one else would help her. I sat down and said, yeah, I'll work this out. I'll be able to do this. My friend's made a great return on his 120K. He's got options now of keeping this property. He could buy us out as well. He doesn't want to, but he could buy us out. So we could walk away with 65 grand now if he bought us out that is a fourth option actually which in other circumstances if he was interested in buying us out we could but he doesn't want to manage the property down in london but my ex-wife has got a really good relationship with the tenant uh, she's a really good payer actually she's got a little dog so she's unlikely to be able to move very easily it's a really really good win 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 all round tenant's got a nice place to live the even the vendor actually the vendor won and you might think oh this is a bit predatory frank you know you've you know lending at four percent i occasionally get messages from people saying uh yeah but <laughs> the yeah but brigade yeah but you've ripped this young lady off you know the funny thing she was not going to be able to buy this property the the offer was about to expire it was going to jump up because it had been a year and they were going to revalue it she had about i think she had less than two weeks to do this deal and so i made it happen within two weeks because the council were gonna pull their offer she still would have had the right to buy but they would have refinanced it and she would have lost her uh a really good price. But for those five years where she never would have owned it, she rented that property out. I think she rented out about £850 a month and she paid us 500 a month. So she earned £350 a month for five years before we repossessed it. And she never owned it in the first place. And so she's also earned, it's just over four grand, isn't it? Four grand a year for five years. She's earned £20,000 as well. And she put none of her own money in. And so 
purchasers made a profit. I, I think I said vendor, but she was actually the buyer, the person we lent the money to, the mortgagor. And if you think I got that wrong and it's the mortgagee, it's not the person. We're the mortgagee because we lent the money, bizarrely. So she, the borrower, made 20 grand. I've made money, depending on how we exit, will depend on how much. Worst case scenario is a quarter of a million pound property and 13 grand in my pocket. Best case scenario from a financial perspective now is 83 grand in my pocket, I think. The investor has made a decent return over the six years, something like 5%, maybe a bit higher, and has now got a payout of 65 grand, something like that, depending on how he proceeds. And the tenant's got a nice house to live in for six years. I think it's the same tenant throughout. Funnily enough, the tenant didn't get on very well with the owner, but since we've repossessed, uh, is really happy. We got some maintenance sorted, but because it's a council block, the council did the maintenance. We just pulled our finger out and got it done. So it didn't actually cost us anything, but the tenant's really happy. So you've got four really happy people there, win, 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 win. And it didn't cost any of our money. And that's the key. It absolutely is possible to do no money down investing or investing using other people's money, no money left in investing, if you know what you're doing. I'll let you know how we get on, how we decide to exit. But regardless, it's a good deal. Guys, if we can help you with your sophisticated investing, if you've got a transaction or someone who's asked you for help and you you don't know how to help them, do feel free to get in touch. We'd love to help you. We'd love to walk you through your transaction. And if that means you come onto one of our programs and further your education, then fantastic. But if all it means is we help you with the transaction, then uh, we'd be delighted to do so. Until next time, happy investing. Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment.